and welcome to the Horrible Things Podcast. This is a true crime and disaster podcast where we talk about all things horrible, whether that be murders, whether that be I Survive cases, whether that be a nuclear meltdown, as we did. A, that was a while ago. That was actually like the second and third episode, third and fourth, long time ago. Anyway, I'm your host, Emma Sexton, and today I am joined by the lovely Andrew Buker, aka Hall Talk Guy. At Hall Talk Guy on Instagram. He is the host of Hall Talk at uh, the high school that I used to go to, which is kind of like a, so you know how like there's school news and it's like, here's what's happening with the school and like here's, there's a dance and here's a club, but Andrew makes like the comedy segment on the school news. It's Mm -hmm. typically people's favorite part of the show because it's not school related and I think people enjoy a break from school during school. (laughs) Yeah, it's just the man on the street interviews that uh, like like Billy on the street or just Do you watch Billy on the street? I've seen clips of it, but uh, it's not really my my style. Yeah, I've never watched it either. I th- I think it, I get stressed out by it. I don't know, like I'm one of those people where like I can barely watch The Office because the humor is too like I get secondhand embarrassment so badly, but it I just get stressed out like for him and for the people on the street. <laughs> yeah. For the hall talk that the show I do, I don't really care about. Like I, I love it, but it's it's the whole kind of joke is that I don't care about it, and it, there's just it's wrapped in a lot of like layers of irony. And this episode I made so intentionally awkward. Yeah, <laughs> I just like I went up to a teacher, and I interviewed him the last week, and he was really awkward. But it was like funny because it was like it was self aware awkward. But I just milked that for this episode and. And like, hey, uh, and please try to be funny this time. And he froze like 15 seconds and I kept the whole 15 seconds in there. Oh, that's so. see, that would be the point where I just put my head in my hands and I was like, no, because I just can't. I mean, and the office is not even that awkward. Like it has some it's awkward, but it has heartwarming moments that like redeem it and made me watch so many seasons of it. But I just can't like the awkward parts of it are so bad. I for love me. it. I love it. When it's it, I it's just the cringing the i can't believe he said that I, I just love that kind of humor and that's just all of my humor obviously if anyone's been listening to this podcast for any length of time or is friends with me they know that my sense of humor is more like john mulaney like here's anecdotes from my life and like crazy things that happen or just like i love a i love a joke that comes back if that makes any sense yeah, like yeah. when people make a joke early on in their set whatever and then bring it back like midway through that's like my favorite thing that's the go-to jackbox technique i feel like but i do feel like knowing who john Mulaney and watching one or two of his specials should be a prerequisite for being on this show truly how much you bring i feel out. like a lot of people who have never seen his specials probably don't like i reference him so frequently but usually it's kind of like people just don't know that I'm referencing it unless they've like seen the specials. And I'm sure the people that have seen it are like, oh, uh, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've heard that before somewhere. But I'm very excited because he's coming. Literally, this is just turning into a John Mulaney fan podcast. But um, he's a, coming a, out. That's with, the next next big thing. He's coming out with a children's musical Netflix comedy special. <laughs> Like, it's so out of left field, but I'm so excited. <laughs> like, it's, it's funny. It's not even just on the podcast. We'll be like driving, driving to go get like McDonald's at 2 a.m. And you say a joke and we'll be like, what? And it's like, oh, it's a John Mulaney thing. Every time. Yeah. No, it's I feel like we were talking about this like three days ago. I feel like I we talk about it. this every three days. Yeah. I just I I really thought that the obsession with John Mulaney would just fade into the background of my life. Um. And then it just didn't, you know, like I just started loving him more and more as I got older and more of the jokes like made sense to me. You should have him on the on the cast. You know what? That guys, that's the goal. That's what we're reaching toward is um, episode 100. Having John Mulaney on the podcast. I just yeah, that that would be that would be crazy. (laughs) But um, I don't know, like I can't really I know that he's into true crime, though, because he talks about it all the time, like not true crime, but he talks about like how he watches um criminal minds and like he loves law and order and stuff and he talks Mm -hmm. about funny like true crime stuff in his specials so i don't know so if any of y'all know john mulaney send send him the cast yeah send him the cast (laughs) and then also um before we started i kind of just wanted to ask you like what's your uh 
how's your week been has anything true crime-ish come up in your life since the last time you were on this podcast and just like how how's life going andrew life's going really well nothing nothing true crime has really been going on in my life i think that's probably a good thing i think that's a good thing you know i'm just it's just the the winter like i love the winter but the days i'm just like i can't sleep because there's so much darkness you know that's i'm the opposite it just makes me tired i feel like since i'm tired all the time come nighttime my body's like well i've done enough laziness like like today i was like i haven't done anything and i've just been in school until like six and then and then i'm like oh i should go to the grocery store because i wanted some pog which is delicious what is pog passion orange guava y'all should check it out it's got a little um Little uh, little dude in the front. John Mulaney Pog Combo fan cast. Yes. If we can get the <laughs> Pog mascot on the cast, can I please be the second guest? Yes, 100%. You Thank can you. even be the interviewer. Yeah. It's just it's just me and this, <laughs> this I just want to know your life, sir. I just want to know. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Pog is a significant portion of my life. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's just... just Getting through one more week and then I get get two weeks off. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I have to say right now I'm not envious of people that are in high school. Not that I like am typically envious of people in high school, but I just finished my finals week. Um, people that listen week to week know like last week I ha- did my first ever solo podcast. Like I just talked to you guys and it was so fun. But also like it it's a little weird podcasting by yourself because even though i feel like i'm talking to you guys it just doesn't part of me is like do do i sound awkward because there's a million people not a million people but like there's so many different people i could be talking to that sometimes i'm like what is this but people actually liked it which made me happy i'm glad like i had fun making it so it was kind of cool doing a solo cast but i am happy to have a guest on once again I feel like it's really hard to do like a live talking like podcast if it's not it, it, hard to do a podcast if it's not live. If it's just you like live streamers. They got it down because there's so much interaction that it's like it's, there's never like this person just keeps talking because they're like referring back to the chat or whatever. But it's like I feel like I, if you sat me in a chair, I could not talk for like an hour about something I cared about unless there was someone for me to talk to. And like, I guess. I could do it if I was just talking at someone and they weren't talking and I, I could probably do it, but I just can't sit down and talk. I don't know what it is. My thing is just, I'm, I don't think I could even with the interaction with the chat, I don't think I could ever do a live stream because I still get like a slight fear of public speaking. And for some reason, this doesn't feel like scary, like public speaking is just because right now, even though I know people are going to listen to this and like, in a way, I'm speaking to you, but I'm also speaking to everyone that's listening. Mm-hmm. At the same time, like, it's just me and you in a room right now, you know? It's not as t- scary as standing up and being like, I wonder what everyone is thinking right now. Because I, I'm never really worried about that. And also, it's nice to know, like, if someone doesn't like it, they'll just turn it off. Exactly. If it's, For me, for the stupid school news show thing I do, it's it's awful. I don't have the... the they air it during second period. I don't have a second period this year, which is great. But when you're sitting in your second period class and I hear that little jingle for my show, I'm like, I got to go. Because like, even though I've, I've seen it and I know all the jokes, I know how intentionally awkward it's supposed to be. Just being in a room full of people watching something you've made is like, it's nerve wracking. So true. So true. I have to make a documentary for my Doc 116 class. And I knew I spent forever editing it. I'd seen, I made the all video people know this struggle where you have like it was called trivial pursuit so i had like trivial trivial pursuit trivial pursuit final trivial pursuit final final trivial pursuit extremely final version like all of these on so i had seen it like a million times but at the same time like when my teacher hit play and was playing it in front of our class i kind of just like cringed the whole time because i feel that when you're this goes for the podcast as well like when I'm playing it out loud in front of someone else or just like any video project or audio project that you're playing in front of someone else, you notice all a bunch of things that are wrong with it that you never noticed before. And I feel like I also have to justify it. Like if I'm showing someone something I made, I'm like, oh, that's because this, that's because this, because I don't want, it's like, I know that 
the audience that it's intended for doesn't get that but i feel like yeah. if someone's right there i have to tell them i do have to say the podcast is a lot less stressful than like any video project just because like i do my research beforehand and like i spend time doing that mm-hmm. so really the only thing that's actually irritating to me about when i hear myself speak is the amount of times i say like and basically because that those are i never realized how often i say like and basically until i heard myself speak for an hour and i was like <laughs> that yeah i was i was sitting there and i'm just thinking do i really talk like this what i don't even notice myself saying the word basically but you'll hear it now you're gonna notice it more but i've always picked up on the likes and basically because my father (laughs) when i was young whenever and i I still struggle with like saying like uh or just stupid stupid stuff and my dad would always have some witty saying or it's like in my household if you just go so and you don't you don't say anything after it, or you will go so buttons on ice cream, just like stupid things, and just yeah. trying to beat it out of us. But because of that, I have the curse of always noticing the ums and likes and and basically um is another one and literally literally yeah yeah those like are those are all the tick words. Anymore. Literally used to be very common a little while ago, but then people got made fun of for it, saying like literally. Because it like literally that? has more meaning. It, it's because <laughs> yeah. like... Like doesn't have any meaning anymore. Yeah. It doesn't mean what we think it means. And there's also that thing going around on the internet where it was like, people that say like have higher IQs on average. And I feel like it was just Gen Z and millennials trying to make themselves slash ourselves feel better very... <laughs> about saying like so much. I don't, I don't know. I think if anything, it would be less because you'd think someone who's more intelligent would have the vocabulary to describe their words without using filler words. Yeah. Describe what they mean in words without using filler words. See, like that. And I can't prevent myself from saying it anymore. Like, it, it, it like that, ah, it just happens, it you know? It depends who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to a friend, I'll say it way more, but if I'm talking to a teacher or like if a I'm politician, If I'm talking to a teacher, surprised- I develop a British accent. I have a terrible really British accent. I'm so sorry, that. British listeners. But I just... <laughs> I talk so much uh, more properly, I guess, like very, I don't know. Formal. Yeah, formal. We have a bunch of different voices and we have like informal voices, super casual, formal. You have the stupid voice you have with your pet. I talk to my cat (laughs) like he's an idiot, which I know he's an animal, but still like. Stop looking down on me. Yeah, I know. intelligent. He just bites my face. Stop it. <laughs> I love my cat so much. I didn't think I was a cat. A you know, he would be really good. He has so many insights on true crime. Mm-hmm. The things he's seen on the street. He was actually the runt of his litter, which is why he was the last one chosen. We picked him. But he's so cute. He just has a weird way that he runs. Like, tell me if your cat does this also, listeners. <laughs> I, I think most cats he, do this. He crunches his back up. So, like, it's very tall. And then he hops sideways. <laughs> Like he doesn't use my dog does one that. foot. Yeah, he just hunches his back and then hops sideways. Well, my like dog very doesn't hunch her back. She'll she'll like macaroni up. She'll like she'll turn macaroni into a little, yeah. She'll turn into a little macaroni and like walk sideways, kind of like I don't know, like a crab. Didn't your dog like fall down the stairs? Well, she fell down the stairs, but that's not well. She got paralyzed uh, temporarily. It was like <laughs> something was swollen in her spine, and then she couldn't move her hind legs. She okay now. She's okay. She just okay, like good. can't jump on the, on the couch as easily, but she can finally jump back up on the couch again. But she, um, we don't know how it happened. I think it was like she got swollen and she like might have tweaked her back. But she would still, from the main room, run all the way out to the kitchen, through the dog door, and, and into the backyard where the squirrels all uh, harass my dogs, but on two legs. And she had to wear a diaper for a while. So once she was, it, it was so far, she, she was drifting to the kitchen. It was hilarious. <laughs> That is sweet. Uh, your dogs are very cute. My cat is kind of a recluse when people he doesn't know come over. He does like you, though. Because I give him turkey. I, I always... Yeah, that... <laughs> You're fattening him up for the slaughter. That's why. Oh, no, no, no. Fattening him up for Happy and Daisy. I, it, your cat is my favorite cat. Aw, my favorite cat, too. Actually, Harley, um, he was on the podcast once. He's my boyfriend. He has a very cute cat named Bart, who's a black cat, and he's just like the chillest cat in the world. Like he's kind of older than all his siblings, so he just acts so superior. 
And like he, he just kind of the dad of the whole bunch. They have like five the cats. Dad. And when it's Halloween time, they can't let Bart out of the house because people will try to like mutilate black cats in October. Isn't that weird? That happened at my old school on the football field that happened. And then they're like, well, we can't go outside today. They mutilated a black cat or yeah, someone, someone did? did? Someone did in the that's middle of messed the night. Up, it was the day honestly. after Halloween. We... I mean, I feel like that's a given that that's messed up. But yeah. <laughs> it's, we should, we that's... should do true crime. The true crime cat edition true crime animal edition yes that's a that's a case for when uh, your cat i actually almost did a case that was a lion attack but i didn't because i was <laughs> what sure was the I motive was, yeah exactly that's why i didn't <laughs> do it i was like well i guess this doesn't really count as true crime because there's no intention or mistake crime. made this is just like how animals Primal are sometimes instinct, yeah. so yeah okay well speaking of true crime back on on subject Let's let's jump into this case. What do you say? Mm-hmm. So the case that we're going to be talking about today was actually on an episode of I Survived. Fantastic doc show. It's on Amazon Prime. I highly recommend it. I listen to it all the time. Way too much. And uh, even though this case was on I Survived, it does have a murder in it. So it's a very it's kind of an interesting case because it does still quali- qualify under I Survived. And it's just. Like, you listen to this case, and it just makes you both terrified and impressed, not by the killer, but by the um, one of the victims, because she's so smart, so intelligent, and I just always think, like, if I was in this situation, what would I do? And I just didn't, I don't think I could have ever managed the feat that she did, so I'm very excited to get into this episode. Have you ever watched I Survived? I have not. This is the only true crime anything I've been exposed to. You should watch it. I except think you for, would like it. Except for watching Psych. But I don't think that's really true crime because it's a comedy. But It doesn't quite count. But they have serious episodes. Watch Psych. It's a beautiful show. I will. As long as you watch Criminal Minds. I have this theory I've that all that. girls that like true crime were either were probably exposed to Criminal Minds at a young age and are probably in love with Dr. Spencer Reed from Criminal Minds. <laughs> Matthew Gray Goobler. I, I have no idea. Oh, okay, well, people people who watch Criminal Minds will understand that. But yeah, where, anyway. all my, where all my psychos at? <laughs> well, anyway, okay. So we're going to be talking about the case of Jennifer Holliday. Uh, this case took place May 29th, 2005, so not too long ago. Crazy to think it's almost 15 years ago, but May 29th, 2005. And... Jennifer Holiday was driving along Highway 69 in East Texas, and she was picking up her cousin, Anna, who was only 18 years old, from babysitting. And in this area of Texas, things were kind of far apart. So when she was driving on the highway, it was literally 2 a.m. So it was very empty. There's like barely any cars on the highway, and there's no towns around. It's basically just woods and like the occasional car. It's just very dark, kind of a rural area. Mm-hmm. So she's driving along the highway and all of a sudden she hears her cousin after she picks her cousin up. She's driving along the highway. She's going like 70 miles an hour and she hears her cousin start to scream and she didn't see anything that happened around here. But pretty much the only thing that she does remember in this exact moment is hearing an extremely loud shot, a shot that came from a shotgun. And when she looked down at her arm it was almost completely severed from her body while she was driving in this car and like i said she was driving in the highway in her car windows up at 70 miles an hour and all of a sudden out of nowhere she's shot in the arm and her arm is almost completely detached from her body so the uh was the other person hurt with a person screaming no not not so far in the story but she, her cousin obviously starts screaming and crying in the seat because she sees it's happening. There's blood everywhere. And Jennifer initially, like in this obvious shock of looking down and seeing her arm, like hanging on by a bit of skin, she thinks, oh, we must have been hit by a drunk driver. Like something must have happened because she's not processing what happened. Like the sound that she heard, which was a shot, she thought must have been the sound of another car hitting into her. But it Mm -hmm. took a few seconds before she realized that what actually had happened is that someone had driven up right next to her, taken a shotgun, pointed it out the window and shot through her car window and into her arm from right next to her on the highway. 
So what was her reaction? Did she just... She was in shock. No, I mean, like, after that, did she go run to the hospital or pull No, over? she... So she... There's obviously, like, there's blood everywhere. Her cousin is screaming. There's glass everywhere because it, they were shot through the window. So she pulls over her car, like, on the side of the highway because... Obviously, her arm is like in no shape to be driving because she's she was shot at such close range. There was so much damage and it was a shotgun, you know, so Mm -hmm. tons and tons of damage. And so she pulls over and Anna is still screaming. But Jennifer basically just hands her her phone and says, "Okay, call 911 right now. But in this like tragedy and in this panic of what's happening, she doesn't realize that another car had pulled over right behind them on the highway. And this gunman his name is eric parnell the guy who had shot her walked up to the car and he was laughing as he walked up to their side window and took the the phone out of anna's hand then at that point he stepped like a few steps away from the car and took out the shotgun and across jennifer's body he shot anna in the head while jennifer was still sitting in the driver's seat and anna was in the passenger seat and their cousins so Jennifer Holiday watches her younger cousin, who I said only 18 years old at the time, get shot in the head. And she shot at close range with the shotgun. So you can kind of imagine the trauma that would come with seeing something that graphic. So at that time, uh, he pulls Jennifer out of the car and kind of ties her in his car and he leaves her in the back seat. And he also, he not only leaves her in the back seat, but then he takes this duffel bag out of his car. And she believed that he was going back to the car because he was trying to get Anna's body. And when she's sitting there, she sees the shotgun really close to her. And so she grabs it and she throws it out of the car onto the highway. That kind of like saying she was hoping nothing bad would happen. But then when she looked around in the car, she noticed that there were tons of guns all over the car. Like this is East Texas, you know? everyone has guns so she notices that this shotgun isn't the only gun that he has in the car and so she like i said she threw the shotgun out of the car with her one arm that she had and uh eventually the gunman came back to the car he left anna's body on the side of the road and he started driving away and at this point jennifer holiday in the episode of i survived she's talking about the fact that she was sitting there and deciding like do I pull one of these guns off the ground and kill him or not? Because she was already certain that she was going to die. She didn't see any possibility of her surviving because she was bleeding, obviously, out of her arm. And there she was with this psychopath, you know? So she really didn't think that there was any way she was going to make it. So she eventually decides not to grab one of the guns because she just didn't have enough energy, didn't have enough time. She was in shock. And he's driving away. And as they're driving, he's like hitting her and hitting her arm and like laughing at her, basically just being like sadistic. And so after driving for a little while down the hall, the hallway, the highway, he um, pulls over to this like secluded area of the woods and he drags Jennifer out of the car and he sexually assaults her in the woods. And uh, after he sexually assaults her, he brings her back into the car and she describes the fact that after he assaulted her he almost changed personalities like before he was just this complete psychopathic person who clearly had like no emotion he was just laughing at her and all this stuff but then after he assaulted her he was crying and he was kind of going back and forth between like crying and screaming at her and she could tell like there was something wrong with this person clearly but when she got back in the car with him she he had torn off her clothes so she's completely naked and her arm is just like she's in bad shape but when she gets in the car something kind of shifts and she starts acting in self-defense so what she does is she starts like flirting with him basically and she's like she's telling him about her son but she's flirting with him and she's like being affectionate with him and she keeps telling him like oh that was so good and like pretending that she had enjoyed her sexual assault basically and she's like flirting with him and rubbing his arm and his leg and like trying to basically seem affectionate toward her attacker and after she started doing this he starts calming down and like becoming kinder toward her because obviously there's something wrong with him mentally 
and his brain is like almost becoming really malleable like he's believing what she's saying to him like when she's flirting with him he's believing it you know so like i said he calms down and after he started to calm down he started looking over at her and saying oh my gosh you're bleeding a lot what happened like he just completely was acting like he just didn't know huh so did did he have like a history of like mental health issues he had a history of violence but there was no like history of mental health issues though obviously they were there yeah but he starts looking over her and saying oh what like what happened to your arm what happened to your arm you're bleeding so much and so she she tells him oh thank you thank you so much you're such a hero like that man john you know, you saw him shoot me on the highway and he was just going to leave me on the highway. And then you came and picked me up and like, you're helping me. And that's crazy. She's like talking to him like this and basically like feeding into his ego. And basically she's like, and you said that you were going to take me to your house and let me call 911 for my arm because that man shot me and you picked me up and you're such a hero. And so basically he gives her one of his shirts to tie off her wound and he starts driving her back to his house. If this was a movie, I would say, oh, that's a little far-fetched, okay, but this is real life and this happened. Yeah. So she's, they're driving back to his house and like on the way there, he's trying to tell her like, oh, but my family's not there and oh, all this stuff, like trying to basically say why he can't take her to his house, but in the end, she's just like feeding his ego and flirting with him and convincing him that he's a hero that he like saved her life and so he lived like 20 minutes away from the nearest town and actually the creepy thing is that to get to his trailer they had to walk through a cemetery literally like another thing in a movie you'd be like uh that's a little like cliche don't you think but she she even talks about the fact that she remembers vividly walking through the cemetery completely naked to get to his trailer this feels like an episode of scooby-doo it's crazy it's complete. What kind of Scooby Doo were you not watching? The na- as a not child? the na- not the <laughs> minus the the sexual assaulting and the naked part, but just I feel like just like the it, classic Scooby Doo villain or not the classic Scooby. I don't know. I just feel like it's so like it's so ridiculous. unbelievably yeah, horrible that it just doesn't seem like it could happen yeah. in real life. But honestly, that's what I'm saying about how if I was in her situation or if you were in her situation, I, there's no way I would have thought to do that. No way. You know, like I just wouldn't, this idea of just, she was so certain she was going to die. So she was just like, might as well try this one last thing. Did she like have any prior knowledge or like know anything about true crime and like try, or like. Nope. Not that she ever discussed. And also you have to think about the fact her arm is like completely gone. She just saw her cousin shot to death in front of her. She's been sexually assaulted and she still is thinking so clearly like she has such an intent and that's, I, I mean, I just can't, I can't imagine, like, she's a badass, honestly, because I can't imagine, like, what I would do in that situation. Certainly not this, like, what she thought of. That's crazy. But um, he eventually takes her to his trailer, and she can, she literally convinces him to let her use his home phone to call the police, to call the ambulance. And so right now, I'm actually, we haven't done this on the podcast before, so I'm just giving a little bit of warning but I'm going to be playing the 911 call from Jennifer Holiday to the police when she's in his trailer. And I just want you to keep in mind two things before we listen to this. One, while she's making this call, he's sitting right next to her. Okay, so he's hearing everything she's saying. And she's scared one thing and he could snap. The other thing I want you to listen to is the things she's saying versus the tone of her voice. Like the way she says things is not akin to the horrible things she is saying so i just want you to like keep that in mind and then we'll talk about it like you and i will talk about it a little bit after we listen to the call Nine one one. what is your emergency um somebody shot me and this man here helped me on the side of the road someone shot you uh-huh and my arm is in half right now and this man right here this man right here in front of me helped me out 
Okay, where are you, ma'am? Three Prairies. Okay, are you from this area, ma'am? Uh -huh. Okay, let me let me speak to that gentleman that's helping you, okay? Uh, um, how do you get to I've got another gunshot wound. Same, same one, same one, same one, same one. You're the... Uh-huh, uh-huh. Three Prairies. Crazy, right? So she just avoided them talking to him. She avoided that? them talking to him. And also in the background, you can hear the police, uh, the operator say, we've got another gunshot victim talking about her cousin. Because they'd found her cousin on the side of the road. So she hears him say, found another gunshot victim. And she goes, same one, same one, same one. Saying like this man, same one that shot her. Like same gunshot victim, same crime. And so... Uh, it it's honestly also great work by the operator because after that she like pauses and in late a little later i didn't want to play the entire one because it is like very disturbing but she goes like uh, it's the same one ma'am like she the operator it clicks and she realizes like this nice man is the shooter mm -hmm. and did you notice the fact that like the tone of her voice was very like I don't it didn't it doesn't match what she's saying whatsoever. Like exactly. my arm is in half, you know, like just completely nine one one operators are just heroes. Like the just how observant you have to be to do that job. Like I saw a video the other day of of this nine one one operator you know the story with the woman who she calls nine one one to order a pizza? And I saw that whole transcript is she was being um I think it was domestic abuse. So she called to order a pizza through nine one one. And then she's like, I like to order pizza. And, it's like, and and you can see the guy is like, you called 911 to order a pizza? What? And then he, and she's like, and she's like no, 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 yes, I I called you. And then it clicked with the operator and then they, it all worked out. And I've also heard it's, it's so like when you have someone who's actually a good 911 operator, it really does have the potential to like save someone's life like Jennifer Holiday. If that woman just hadn't got understood like what was happening. She mm -hmm. probably would have died, but she did understand. And on the same, like s another side of the same coin, a bad 911 operator can be the difference between life and death. Exactly. Yeah. So basically the operator, like we're talking about, the operator catches on. And another crazy thing that I also didn't play, but like also happens, the gunman gets on the phone and instructs the 911 operator how to get to his house. He's so how? delusional. He's so certain that he's the one that sh that sh he's the one that saved her and like all that happened. He's so certain of this lie that she's put in his head that he gets on the phone and is telling the 911 operator, "Here's how we get here." And the 911 operator is like, "How is she? Is she in good condition?" He's like, "Yeah, that guy that shot her like he got her good. There's so much blood. And then the 911 operator is like, you're doing a great thing here. And it's like, he even told Jennifer, like, I have priors. I only want there to be one ambulance and nothing else. And she was like, okay. So he was still in the mind space of like, he knew he'd committed other crimes, but he hadn't, uh -huh. he, he literally just couldn't recall anything that happened. And he even asked her, hey, where's your friend? Like talking about the cousin. And Jennifer was like, no, remember you were just going to take me. And he's like, oh, right. Do you think part of it was he knew, but he was just not, not playing along, but he was like, maybe if I do this, I won't get caught in his head. Like maybe if I, he, like he had a change of heart and he wanted to save her after he had like his delusional feelings for her, like I've, like with the flirting, he's like, maybe if I save her instead of killing her, I won't get in trouble. No, because I don't think, I think that if he had killed Jennifer and her cousin, that he would have gotten away with it. And I don't believe that a man who shoots someone in the arm for no reason, kills someone, her cousin in front of her, and then sexually assaults someone could have any sort of empathy that could make him want to change his mind unless yeah. he was somehow mentally ill or unhinged in a way that he, like, in his brain, he made himself believe a different story. And it's true that sometimes you can make yourself believe something that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like, so vividly. Like, I was certain, this is kind of off topic, but in the same, like, vein, I guess, is that my entire life, I've been so certain that I had a tooth pulled when I was, like, 11 years old. <laughs> so certain. I remember it 
vividly. I remember getting my tooth pulled. I remember being in the office. I remember my mom not telling me beforehand because she didn't want to freak me out. I remember it like like it happened. But my mom, I brought it up to my mom. I was like, oh yeah, I remember that one time when you had my tooth pulled and you didn't tell me that I was getting pulled. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, <laughs> when I got my tooth pulled. And she's like, that didn't happen. And I was like, yes, it did. I'm so certain it happened. Literally like no one could convince me otherwise that it was like a dream or something in my imagination. But I went to the dentist again recently and they didn't x-ray my teeth and they were like, uh, yeah, you've never had a tooth pulled just like based like, on the uh, x-rays of your mouth. And I was like, what the heck? I, I remember it so vividly that it feels real to me, but I know logically that it didn't happen. What if it was a baby tooth? And <laughs> No, like I was, I literally was certain, certain that, that I had a procedure and got a, like my tooth pulled. So many times I've been like, that was so weird when, when this person did that. And then I'm like, as soon as I think that again, I'm like, I'm an idiot. That was a dream. Yeah. I'm like, you yeah, remember that one time when Will and I were like drinking tea with, and now drink, sorry, drinking pog with the queen. Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> it didn't happen. Yeah. No, it's so weird. Like how fully you can believe something that didn't happen. And like almost to the point where you remember it happening happening like i remember how i felt when it happened but it didn't happen so i think that for someone who is suffering from mental illness or some kind of disorder like he made himself believe it on like to that level where you would you're so certain it happened but because he was mentally ill it was just on a much bigger scale you know what i mean that's that's at least how how i like think about it but um she basically this whole time she's jennifer holiday is terrified because she's certain like beforehand he was switching between like crying and being angry and she's so sure that at some point here he's gonna like snap out of it and realize that she'd been tricking him this whole time and kill her so she's like terrified this whole time and having to put on this facade and like she's obviously gone through so much more than anyone possibly should um but about 50 minutes later the ambulance finally gets to her and he makes her put on some clothes before she goes out because she, he didn't want it to seem suspicious, Mm -hmm. but he makes her put on some clothes and she's obviously lost like so much blood by this point. So much blood that he, he actually, Eric Parnell walks out of his house, walks down the driveway and is showing the ambulance where to come get her. Like he's literally leading them up his driveway. And so she starts walking up this like hill area and she had lost so much blood that she talks about the fact in the I Survive story, she saw movement in the trees and she thought it was just because she had lost like so much blood. And the operator also was on the phone like this entire time literally was the one who told Jennifer when to leave the house and stuff. But she thought that she had, was seeing things in the trees because she'd lost so much blood and she was about to die. But in actuality, this operator had also sent a SWAT team who was in the woods. And as soon as Jennifer came out with Eric Parnell, they attacked him and separated the two of them and they grabbed Jennifer and put her in the ambulance and she like they they just surrounded him and he was like separated from her finally and he gets obviously captured by the SWAT team taken in and Jennifer heads straight for the hospital at that point but eventually she was safe and like Eric Parnell was in custody they were certain that it was him so in the end even though, like, like I said, it, it is a murder case. Like Anna, obviously passed away at 18 years old, which is tragic. But it also is an I survived story because Jennifer Holiday like used her intelligence and her good sense, like her instinct for survival, to stay alive for her kid and for her, her family. You know, this does feel like a movie with the SWAT team in the trees. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. I don't but, even. Um, it's still processing. <laughs> Today, there are still 30 shotgun pieces in Jennifer's body because the bullet, like, scattered, obviously, Mm -hmm. throughout her body. Um, She probably will never regain full use of her arm again. They did eventually, like, sew it back on, but she'll never regain full use of her arm ever again. She's undergone seven surgeries to try to get it working like it used to. Um, And then, most importantly, though, I would say it's just the fact that, like, her Anna's death was tragic for their entire family and like clearly such a loss of human life at only 18 years old. Um, so for that, Eric Parnell got two life sentences in prison when he was 31 years old. And uh, he's 
in jail for the rest of his miserable, miserable life. <laughs> and he had actually several, several priors. So there's no way he would ever get out on parole or anything like that. But um, Jennifer Holiday talks about the fact that she believes God is the reason that she's still alive and that it's a miracle she's alive because she was so convinced she was going to die that there was no other possible way. And she even said in an interview that, quote, I survived to honor my cousin's name. And so the death of her cousin Anna obviously does not, um, is not a happy ending for this family. Nothing that happened here could be considered a happy ending, I think, in any sort, except for the fact that um, Jennifer Holiday got to go home to her kid, to her son. And like that in itself, I think in true crime, like so much of it is just miserable, you know, like it really makes you see the worst in humanity. So you have to small, you have to celebrate the small victories, I think, you know, yeah. like the fact that her son didn't become um, the son of only one parent that day, you know? Yeah. And Eric Parnell got two life sentences, never getting out. It's small victories in a, in the midst of the tragedy that is Anna's death and obviously the fact that Jennifer Holiday has to live with her sexual assault and injuries from her arm like every day of her life, you know? Yeah. It's I I think it's just so crazy just the psychological aspect of what's going on in Parnell's head this whole thing. Just just so much happens in this case. Like in in, yeah. in not that long of a time because there's so many other cases where like, it's, one, week. it's one one night. night crazy i know it really leaves you speechless because it's just hard to imagine how in the mind space of everything that was happening to her and being certain she was going to die she talked her way out of a death a life and death situation like most i feel like most professionals couldn't do what she did you know like having even thinking about the fact that she was sexually assaulted and then right afterward she was like i'm just gonna like be affectionate to this person who just violated me in the most like mm -hmm. disturbing way possible. I'm going to like be affectionate toward this person and like, I'm going to get out of here. You know that I think it's so it's admirable. Like she has clearly a very strong instinct to survive. Yeah. Like a very strong and a very good sense of like the way to do that. She's just a very impressive person. And I mean, there's slim to none chance that Jennifer Holiday would ever listen to this because I don't know. I don't think I would ever want to relive the trauma of my past, but just she really is an inspiration for, I think, just people in general. Just human beings. Just yeah. human beings in general. Like she exemplifies the strength that a person can have. Just like like the these. Will to survive. So many of these women from I Survive Stories, and I have only covered women in I Survive Stories because it's disproportionately women who are attacked like in this way, sexually assault or sexual assault or murder. But it's just like these women, it's just so inspiring to hear about these people who like, I guess, against all the odds overcame. Nevertheless, she persisted. Like that sort of thing where it's just there you think there's no hope even she thought there was no hope but here we are talking about her and i'm i can watch videos of her and we can hear her 911 call and it's just she's still here and she's still fighting and that's amazing yeah it's just this this case leaves me speechless and the other ones really haven't done that it's just the will to survive and the smarts and it's just crazy what you can do in fight or flight like just having the the brain capacity in crisis to say, let me, let me, let me try this on a whim, this flirting with him, trying to just seduce my captor into letting me, letting me go and letting me get help that I needed. Yeah. And also like big kudos to that 911 operator because yeah. just very like it was like we were talking about the small victories, it was the small bit of luck in the horrible night that Jennifer was having that she came across someone who was intelligent, like a woman that was intelligent enough to just click. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she's, she's amazing. Jennifer Holiday, Like, yeah, she's definitely an inspiration. But on that note, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to transition into a more happy segment of the show. What do you think, Andrew? 
I would love a more happy segment at this moment. And that segment is called Happy, happy Things. things. <laughs> so we're basically going to talk about like one good thing that's happened in our past week or one good thing that's going to happen in our next week. Andrew, would you like to go first? Would you like me to go first? I would like you to go first. Okay. I have two things. So this past week, I went to the Harry Styles concert at the mm. Forum. It was freaking amazing. I love his new album. So, so good. Literally everything about it I just love. And um, I got to see him perform Landslide with Stevie Nicks. And that's just, I think that's just the highlight of my entire life thus far. So um, I think it was, yeah, it was just amazing. And Emily and I, my, uh, she's been on the podcast several times, just had so much fun. It was a great, great time. And we're going to be camping out for his next forum show. So that's going to be crazy. But it just made me excited because this show was just so, so good. Um, and then my other happy thing is that I am going to be doing a um, like a life group Bible study thing with some of my pals on this coming up Saturday night. So I'm just very excited to... Um, I don't know, have some like friend time and stuff and also like get plan out the podcast now that I'm on winter break. I, I have a lot of happy things now that I'm not in school. Not that I don't <laughs> love school, but like just life has taken a severe uphill, uphill turn since my last final. <laughs> but Andrew, do you have anything? You know, this week has been relatively uneventful, but I am really excited. Me and my girlfriend, we're planning this very elaborate gingerhead village gingerbread village gingerhead gingerhead gingerbread <laughs> using only the heads of gingerbread men i thought i was thinking redheads um <laughs> but it's gonna be not one-to-one scale which was my initial proposition but a model of a minecraft village made out of gingerbread that takes up you like two an are entire... perfect together <laughs> <laughs> like it's gonna take up the entire kitchen table it's gonna be amazing it's gonna be little gingerbread villagers and it's gonna be perfect either that like that's that's plan A, but I think plan B, I I we make the downtown of our city, including the beautiful waterfront, out of gingerbread. That would be beautiful either way. Um, we love Andrew's girlfriend Hope. She is the creator of the Horrible Things podcast art. So we and the Hall Talk art. If you want, if art. you want Hall Talk merch, there's probably no way you're gonna get it because. It doesn't exist. Does it, it exist? It exists. It, it exists, but I I'm not like shipping it. I've can, been considering making some merch. Mine is... Like stickers and stuff. But honestly, I just don't... Like, I don't know if anyone would buy... If you would buy merch, go to at Horrible Things Podcast Instagram and let me know. Send me a DM. Because I'm considering making either pins or stickers. Mine is purely ironic. I got my teacher, my my amazing econ teacher, uh, one of the shirts. And he, he, was, he was wearing it. He's repping the brand. He's giving me some love shout that. out. <laughs> yeah. We love... You have Mr. Nicholson. Yes, and I, I we love Mr. Nicholson on this podcast. Yes, you should have him on. He he would be amazing. Can you imagine if I had him and Will on? Okay, never mind. That's that, guys. That might be something to look forward to. <laughs> I gave him his for free, and an, and another teacher. I made him pay. He was like, I, I I have Mr. Nicholson, and I respect that guy. So I gave him his for free because I felt weird taking money from my my teacher but another teacher i gave him a discount i still it's still no big deal but mr nicholson went into that guy's classroom later in the day and they were both wearing the shirts and he's like oh how much did you pay for it and mr nicholson in the show says oh a hundred dollars so he said to to uh, the other teacher and said oh a hundred dollars and he goes oh i got a discount i only spent 10 or no, the original price was ten, but I got a discount. I only paid seven fifty, and Mister Nicholson was like speechless because it's like, oh, he actually, he actually paid. Oh my gosh, that's so bad. But I, I, yeah, I don't know what I would do. see. That's the type of thing where I'd just be like frozen in awkwardness. Like I would just be like, ah, what do I do? Oh, that's the te- that's the teacher that um, when I interviewed him that week on the show just embarrassed him to oblivion mom purpose because i love the guy i love the guy and that's kind of our dynamic we've done it a few times with him okay well that's good as long as he's in on the joke as long as he's okay with it (laughs) 
but okay that is a good happy thing making a minecraft village out of gingerbread men very festive the holiday season ladies and gentlemen we got hanukkah coming up and christmas my house that's you need to get on that immediately i'm never home i the only time i'm gonna be home is when i'm making my my village (laughs) that's mom i can't talk i'm making a gingerbread village out of wait i'm making a minecraft village out of gingerbread we have to do a lot of pre-production on this one you might have to get some other artists in on it get jeremiah you guys, friend. you're, I just can't, I guess my thing is like, that sounds like a cool idea, but I don't have the patience for anything gingerbread related. Gingerbread houses, when the walls fall down, I just get irritated. We're not making it edible. If that would not be feasible. We're <laughs> making, do glue. No, no, it's not, everything's going to be technically edible, but we're going to make like the nasty frosting that's like basically glue. Because, yeah. because. I, I mean, you have the, to do that. There's no way I'm going to eat this like, this food that's going to be out for like weeks. And honestly, just or a week unpopular or opinion, gingerbread isn't that good. There's much better breads. And there's pumpkin much better bread, cookies too. Pumpkin like, bread. Yeah, pumpkin bread's pretty good. Right now, my current cookie obsession is the peppermint JoJo's from Trader Joe's. Ooh, They're super good. Not good. the ones with the peppermint cream, but the ones that are covered in chocolate with peppermint on top. Oh, not the ones that, not the ones with the little candy cane crushed up inside? Yeah, the other ones. I will give you one after we record this. They're so good. You would probably like them. They taste <laughs> like cake. But anyway, enough about food. I'm hungry. Um, I think we're going to end the podcast there. Thank you guys so, so much for listening to the podcast today. As always, if you want to support the podcast further, you can find us online at patreon.com slash horrible things. If you want more horrible things when it's not a Tuesday, you can go ahead and find us on social medias at horrible things podcast. If you want to help other people find this podcast, you can go ahead and go on Apple Podcasts and leave a rate and review, which is I, I'm pretty sure there's something about like it helps you find new listeners and things like that i don't know what these algorithms are i pretend (laughs) that i know these social media things but i don't (laughs) and most importantly guys just thank you so so much for listening today and sharing this with your friends your family your dog your cat (laughs) and just like making this podcast fantastic honestly if there were no listeners there would be no podcast so thank you guys so so much for that and most importantly i just want to tell you to remember that if you think you got your tooth pulled but you didn't you're probably not crazy, but try not to take it further than that. And be thankful for your local 911 operators, but don't feel compelled to call them to tell them that. But most importantly, guys, don't, don't do, do horrible, horrible things. Love you guys.